This is Donnie Tuttle, the Sell Anywhere trainer, coach, and practitioner. Welcome to the only podcast designed for the remote sales professional and the remote leader, helping you live with more joy, more freedom, and more productivity. We believe that your talent is not limited to your zip code and that you can build the life that you want while selling from anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen of the Sell Anywhere audience, uh, got someone that uh, if you if you follow me anywhere on social media, you know that I am a lover of Jack. And of course, um, <laughs> the Jack that I'm talking about is Jack Kozakowski, um, social media, social sales uh, expert, someone who not only is able to help elevate anyone in the sales pr uh, profession, but also who can identify with those of us who are in non-traditional working spaces. And uh, Jack, in introduce yourself to the crowd and just tell us a little bit about yourself over there in burning hot Arizona. <laughs> yeah, man, it seems like a, it was light years when I did your last podcast. Was that like superheroes or something? That was sales heroes, it's, yeah, yes. it's, yeah, uh-huh. Sales heroes. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm just, uh, you know, I like to say I'm like the Bruce Jenner of like sales and marketing. I uh, was like, you know, sales for 14, 15 years um, and then got confused and you know, now yeah. I'm a, a sales marketing guy i guess you could say jack there are so many bruces you could have been man <laughs> i'm thinking bruce lee there's uh but okay we'll go with bruce <laughs> the bruce jenner i love it man so um all right so I'm, I'm looking at you or at least i was a moment ago in your awesome office there in arizona so tell me a little bit about where you work from right now man like what's give me your give me your scenario your actual setup yeah, so uh, I've started Creation or the U.S. Division of Creation Agency, which is a 15-year-old company that Jason Sibley created and started. And then I opened up the U.S. Division about uh, I think two and a half years ago now. And uh, I was the first employee, obviously, of building a team and uh, customer base. So I've worked out of my home office. I still do, um, but we do have a co-working space that. Uh, we pay for monthly and we meet there once in a while my team but for the most part yeah i'm a love that i'm a minimalist uh ceo i guess you could say right okay man i, I love that you're gonna have to unpack that a little bit for me because a minimalist <laughs> ceo you're talking to someone who literally uh we sold everything jack everyone and everything that we own although i don't know if my children would say we own them but but everything we own fits into the back of two vehicles and we unpack it every three or four months into a new home uh, as we move in. So like when you're talking about being a minimalist, I'm my antenna go up. What is, what is, what would you say uh, a minimalist CEO? Like describe that to me. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe there was more humor in that than, uh, uh, but, but you know, maybe that, maybe there is some truth to that. So, um, you know, I create a lot of content. Uh, I've managed, you know, nine people, I think we're at right now. And people are all over the U.S. We have, you know, majority of our, our employees are in Arizona, but we have them, you know, all over East Coast, uh, Midwest, West Coast. But the thing is, I, you know, I do everything for my home office for the most part. Like, 
I create all my content from here, do all my sales, majority of my sales calls, other than when I'm traveling. But I mean, at the core, like people could think that there's like a huge production or so at times like there's a lot of you know things behind this whole persona but really it's like it's pretty simple right like I have a you know a couple lights a backdrop in my office and um you know I have a nine step commute to work and <laughs> it, you know, it all happens it pretty much all happens in uh you know one small office in my in my uh townhouse Jack I love it man why why tell me why because um, right there, there's options. You could, you could just go and, and rent the expensive office downtown or whatever. And, and some people do that to legitimize what they're, <laughs> I guess, maybe themselves or their ego. But um, explain, man, give, me, give me your why. Why are you, why this way? Why does this structure fit you? So I never thought I could do this structure, um, you know, working at offices my whole career. But it's interesting because my employees, like you were, we were talking, we're like, okay, we, we should get a place. And I'm like, well, let's try a co-working space. And the funny thing is like, nobody ever wants to go. Right. Cause <laughs> like, it's just one of those things like, okay, we think that the office will work better. But the problem is that, you know, people like to be able to do things on their own time. I think when you're at home, I'm actually a lot more productive because I could break up my day, um, you know, do some responsibilities, things that I need to get done anyways, you know, sometimes, and my wife works from home too, so she works in the business, so, you know, I get to be with my wife all day, which some would say that's a curse, I, I don't know, sometimes, most of the time it's a blessing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, when, you know, I got to do a chore here, I got to go, you know, do, do run an errand or something like that, it doesn't like, doesn't put a skip, uh, you know, it doesn't make me skip a beat, now, one thing I have to be careful of is not working all the time, so, yes. you know, we kind of have parameters on that, right, you know, you have to shut down before five, you know, certain nights, six, but you know, once you figure it out, you, you know, you get to the point where you don't want to work after that anyways, but I think the productivity, like, I mean, I used to drive for 45 minutes just to get to work, 45 minutes home. It's like the amount of time I was away from my wife was incredible, you know, and not in a positive way. And it just felt like I never could get anything done. I think working from home or remote. Now I feel like I got my life back. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, there's two things you, you, you said one and then, and then I w you made me think of another. So I'm gonna ask two questions um, again, because I'm, I'm not professionally trained, that's okay. <laughs> so the, the first one is um, I, I was talking to one of your friends and mine, uh, Miles Austin today, and we were talking about the decompression time. Uh, meaning when you, when you leave that office environment, and then you go into the home environment. We'll just start, we'll start with this question. Like, did you experience a, a lag or like, how, like an adjustment period to getting used to that scenario? Um, I think the hardest part was like, I missed the people, you know, mm. the noise. Uh, I did miss that for a while. Now, now I don't like any of that stuff. So it's kind of like shifted. Um, you know, I kind of like to be in my own quiet space. So I get more, a lot, a lot more done. I think that the, that was the toughest part is like just, you know, having simple conversations every once in a while, laughing, talking about sports or, you know, what, what happened last night in, in on a show or something, you know, with the, with kind of the cultural uh, norm that you have in an office. But I think the one thing that I realized is that like all that noise just killed me from being productive. Like mm. you get stopped every five minutes, you know, well, let's talk about this. How was your weekend? But all that time when I, when I stripped out all that time, I started to realize that, man, I could be so much more productive without all the simple conversations. 
Man, I, I, <laughs> I love what you said there because I, when, I, when I think about it, I was talking to a guy earlier today, one of the, one of the people I coach, and he was saying, well, well what, you know, what, what, when you're talking about producing, like this doesn't produce, what are you talking about it producing? Right? Sometimes we always think in terms of, uh, of revenue, but there's other things we have to produce. And, um, and I believe, Jack, that there's a difference between labor and work and sometimes we get the two confused. We think that if we're laboring, which is that hard, sweat-filled stuff, that it's actually working, it's actually making movement or something positive happen. But a lot of times it's just that empty noise. It's just the stuff that uh, saps productivity. Yeah, I mean, small talk is, a, I think it's something we all need. I mean, I will tell you that there's times my wife and I are like, oh God, we gotta go out socialize with people right <laughs> we, we need people we need people and well, um throughout the day i mean i'm on calls all day and i mean i'm on the phone and i mean my, my day is filled with conversations for the most part so you know it's not that i really miss it but i do i do think sometimes you know just looking at walls and then you know sometimes the silence kills you but at the end of the day i mean it's about productivity and when you don't have people pulling you from one side to the other getting you off track. I mean, it's just going to increase your productivity. And I'm, I don't care what anybody says. My time is my money. Um, because I look at, oh. my time as, you know, being able to control freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at it that way in selling, right. Is that the number one reason that most salespeople suck at sales is because they don't understand how to get somebody to want to give them their time. Like they just mm-hmm. don't. They're for you. Know, every people's the time that they're getting is all forced time. Right. And when you, when you're forcing people um, time-wise, and you might not even know it, right? You might not even know you're doing it, but you, you got to really think, like, do people actually want to be spending this 20, 30 minutes with me? And if they don't, and it's like, oh, I'm just cold calling people and, you know, getting them to just agree to something, even though they don't really know what's going on. Well, I can tell you, you're already in the, you're already on the defense at that point when you do get them on the phone, because people are going, oh, when is this over, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many different <laughs> Like, when is this over? And if somebody's in that mindset, when you just get on a sales call, like you're dead already. So are, are you telling me that when someone is, uh, you, you want the mentality of someone who's spending time with you, instead of it being, uh, I guess it almost feels like hijacked time um, <laughs> from the one side, you're saying you want people to, to voluntarily give you their discretionary time to actually realize they're investing it. Is that what, yeah. is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, so I don't want to simplify sales in the part, part point that you say like, oh, well, you can't, you know, get somebody's time. But I think when I think about time, I think about, I only have, you know, eight to nine hours in a day to do work. I've got, you know, running as a CEO, running, a, you know, we have 19 accounts now, right? So I've got to oversee 19 accounts, nine employees. I'm strategy, I'm sales, I'm business development. I have a, you know, uh, personal, uh, I have a personal brand that I take very, very serious. I got to create a lot of content. I got to do all these things. So like, how do I structure my day in a way that people aren't pushing and pulling me and stopping me from doing things that move the needle? That's what well, I was saying. Like, all right, brother. Take doing, me there. Yeah. Like, am I doing revenue generating activities? And when I say that is retention is huge in that, right? I mean, a lot of it is retention. Like, am I spending time with my team? Am I going through and, and talking and staying in touch with you know, the 19 clients and making sure that they're, you know, we're doing what we need to do, which that takes a lot of time itself. And then how am I bringing in new, what am I doing at the top of the funnel to bring people in? Because at the end of the day, 
everybody wants to have a conversation with somebody, but you need to give them a reason to want to do that. And my time is the same. You know, I look at it the same way. I sell the same way that I treat my time. So I'm, I'm, I love where you're going with this because Jack, it's for the sales professional, for the, the, you know, the, the at-home CFO or CEO, it's things, things, our challenges are different. And you just, you hit on something that I think is um, a key to it all. And you, you literally equated your money and your time uh, to being one and how much of my time am I spending on income producing activities. And um, so, so I'm, I'm curious, man, like how, how does Jack actually, how do you run your time so that you're not always on? That was the problem. That was the thing I wanted to get to earlier. You know, how do you make sure you're not always on and how do you make sure you're living the life that you want to live? while also still actually getting producing what you want to produce. Well, I, I think the whole idea of, especially if you're building a company that you, the work-life balance, that's a myth. That's Agreed. not, Agreed. There's, no, there's no such thing. Talk to me um, about that. Yeah. And, and I think that's what separates people that can do it and people that can't. And I'm not saying that in negative or you know, everybody has different things that matter more to them, I guess you could say. And when I say that, I'm not saying like somebody else cares about their wife more than I do, right? But where where you prioritize your time, you know, some people want to go out and they want to, you know, go to the bar. They want to go do this. They want to go there with their friends. Like, you know, as an entrepreneur, as trying to build a business, like I can't do those things. I already know that. And I'm I'm passionate about my business. My business, you know, comes first uh, alongside my faith and my wife, right? So I don't have kids yet. But at the end of the day, we're married to this game and we, if you want to have the balance, the only way to have any type of balance is to be super, super productive. And, and I don't, you know, I don't have the answer to that. What I do is I have a whiteboard. So I have a big whiteboard that has major objectives. What, what accounts I'm prospecting, you know, what current clients we have, what are our initiatives for the next month? What are our initiatives in the next three months? And then on my, next to my uh, computer every day, I have a, a notepad and I write down all the things that need to get done that day. And then what I do, and I do that the night before. So I write it down what I got to do the next day. And, you know, I add to it as I go throughout the day, little things. But as I do it, I just check them one, you know, one off at a time. So I don't let, you know, I, I get really good because my ADHD is so bad. I have to get really good at using checklists. To okay. My day. So you're a checklist guy. You're not a calendar plan everything guy. Um, how, <laughs> okay. How do you keep, how do you keep, uh, how do you keep from being distracted from, you know, whether it's a cat, by the way, I guess that doesn't happen. I see the cat in a lot of things, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but how do you, how do you keep, uh, you know, from getting distracted by the other things that are around you, um, in, 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 could pull you into their, into their gravitational pull there? Um, you know, it just kind of comes with uh, selective hearing, <laughs> I guess you could say, you know, selective communication. We work in, you know, our whole team works on Slack. We've got an amazing communication process down, you know, broken down. I think that's what it comes down to. If you're going to work from home or you're going to have a remote team, like you got to have amazing processes when it comes to collaboration software. And we've got, we've got a pretty good you know, way that we do that, right? Using Slack and Trello and so forth to kind of manage projects, manage people's time. But there's sometimes where I just, you know, you can't answer the phone, right? You got to put your phone on silent. You got to turn off all your Facebook, you know, notifications, your LinkedIn notifications. 
and you just got to focus on one activity at a time. That's the only way I've ever found to be productive. Love it. And then, yeah, and, and take me there, man, just into the, the practical part. Because uh, being able to run a team from, and you, you're not just uh, in Arizona, I've seen you in the UK, I've seen you in different places. I know that that activity has slowed down a little bit, but you literally run your team from anywhere and you literally are selling everywhere. So what are the things uh, practically, like are you doing video meetings through Zoom? Are you doing, uh, you know, I heard, I heard Slack is, is used. Like how do you, what make what streamlines streamlines this for you and makes it possible? Um, technology. I mean, Slack is like we live and die by it. Uh, Facebook Messenger used really really heavily, and then uh, Trello. We use everything to manage projects. And um, we have other. I guess I'm trying to think of you know we have other things that we use, but those are the main things. I think like you know Slack. Like one of the things I always tell everybody you know, if you're working from remote or not working from remote, remote is to get all of your customers their own Slack channel and have consistent communication because you can travel all over the world on your mobile and you can be in constant communication. You know, if there's a fire, you automatically see it right away. And just, you know, being able to leverage wow. that one-to-one messaging. I mean, I've been in, you know, I was in Prague last December, my wife and I, uh, we took like a three-week trip where we went all over Europe. And I mean, of course, we knew we had to work along the way, but like, you know, everything that was going on is in Slack. Like I can see every communication, every project that's being worked on, you know, when people are having issues, I can jump in. So as long as I keep, you know, our team keeps all communication inside of Slack, then as a you know, CEO, I can, I can overview every project at any time by just opening up my mobile. Love it, man. Uh, you know, and one of, one of the things, um, Jack, as, as I look at this and, and I think, and, and for me, I would say, um, because this is a little newer for me. I mean, I've been out of the office environment, out of the fish tank and in the ocean, I guess, for the last, I guess, two years. There was a little bit of a decompression, but I, I found that there were, uh, just, just like in, in sales, I think we battle um, certain things that probably no one else does. I feel like even when you, when you take into the home environment, it's something even completely different in some ways. And, and uh, being able to keep that mindset and, and, and motivation and, and having methods and, and you know some of those you've already shared with us as far as your checklists and and being uh, I love how you said oh gosh uh, the only way to be super productive is by, I'm sorry the only way to create balance is by being super productive and I'm like ooh I'm taking that one but um, but in terms of that mindset motivation and methods like like can you can you share anything from your perspective that um, that you've seen in yourself or even your team since they all work from non-traditional locations that actually can make or break. I mean, so there's, if you are looking to perfect the art and science of selling anywhere, I've got something for you. It's at the salesclassroom.com. And when you go to the salesclassroom.com, you're going to find the sell anywhere classroom. Now we have a free portion of that for you, which is the sell at home survival kit. And that is six video sessions and the ultimate guide and checklists of things that you need when you're selling from anywhere. That is absolutely free. And if you want to engage with us on a deeper level, you can go over there right now and take a look at the salesclassroom.com. It has all the best stuff from this podcast and from my life practices in selling from anywhere.
We'll see you there at thesalesclassroom.com. What I've found is there's some people that just are not cut out for remote working. So I think that that's a myth that you know anybody and everybody can do it and loves it. It's just not true. Um, I think being working remote, like there's a few ingredients that I've seen. One is people have to be super excited about what they're doing. So I mean, you can't, you can't, you cannot put people that just want to go through the motions of a job out of work from home. Like it just doesn't happen. I mean, they need to be, you know, there's people that need to be structured. Like they just don't like their job or they don't really care about what they're doing. And, you know, but they don't want to leave because the paycheck, they're comfortable. Great. They need to stay in an office. Right. I mean, like if you're going to work from remote, you're going to have like, you gotta be on fire for what you're doing. You gotta like love what you're doing. It's the only, in my opinion, the only way that it works. Um, but you know, you gotta, I guess number one would be, you gotta love, love, love what you do. Number two is you have to be a semi-organized person because if you're not, like you'll just get lost the whole day because some people need, like I said, go back to this. Some people need to be structured. They need to be told what to do. There's a lot of people in the world that need to be told what to do. And that's not a bad thing, right? We need people that need to be told what to do. Otherwise we just have a bunch of chiefs and no Indians, right? Right. Um, but you know, the third thing, in my opinion, is you've got to have all of the right tools and processes in place to make communication flow and make everybody be able to have visibility into what's going on when and where real time. Because if you don't do that, then there's just a huge disconnect and you know, you really can't monitor. And I'm not saying monitor what people are doing from a micromanagement perspective, but like, you know, you need to know, it's not like in an office you can walk by and say, Oh yeah, what are you working on? Right? Like, what can I help you with? Right. Um, you know, you have to use tools and technologies to show you what people are working on so that you can actually be effective as a leader. And without tools and technologies, like, you know, it just doesn't work. Wow. And, uh, and I can imagine um, some of the challenges being a leader slash manager. Those, those are two different things, both necessary. I want to, I want to, um, I do want to dig into what you do because I, I feel like that your voice towards building personal brand and approaching people and what creation agency offers, I think is something that, um, you know, a lot of the people that we're talking about, they're at home. Some of these people are independent, so I definitely want to get into that. Before we do, though, I wanted to see if you could take me into the roughest time, I guess, like, you know, take, take me into a time where it wasn't necessarily heaven working from home or on a, at a different location or from the UK. Was there, was there a time where you're like, <laughs> is this even worth it? Like that you were actually were questioning your own sanity? Can you remember a time like that? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that... Uh, has really kicked my butt is trying to travel and and run the company. So like, I, you know, at this point, since we're so early, I'm still involved in, in the weeds in a lot of things, right? Client accounts and so forth. Uh, so I think when I leave and do like a three week trip, I've tried that, uh, you know, bad internet, time zone difference. Uh, leaving a week and trying to work remote from multiple different places, almost like I like to call it the laptop lifestyle, is like almost impossible for me. Like I've really cut down on back on travel like a ton. And when I do travel, I try to travel like over the weekends because I've just learned my lesson. Like I have to be in, an, you know, regardless if I have my laptop somewhere, if I don't have it in like in an office or I don't have like, you know, my setting, I'm just, it's just really, really tough. And it can really set me back weeks or days by taking, long trips and trying to you know live that laptop lifestyle it just doesn't work for me 
but working mm. from home and having an office now that does work for me but i think you know a lot of people don't understand oh great uh, you know these people they get to travel and do this and that but it's not as, that's not that glorious to it's me, not glamorous that. right yeah. i agree um i actually i i resist uh what people people say that all the time to us oh you travel that's that's like that's my fantasy i'm like all it is is regular regular life in different places you still you still have to do dishes and laundry and eat and all of the things that you normally do. You just get to see new stuff. But yeah, um, I think people don't realize how like stressful traveling is. Like, yeah, it looks all fine, Danny, but it's stressful to go through customs and traveling and sitting on an airplane for ten hours doing this and that. Like, you know, traveling is great. I would recommend everybody does it. But when it comes to like running a business and traveling, it is almost impossible for me. It's difficult. So I love you. Actually, said something about your might. You you've you said something about your setting and, and how it's different for you. Do you actually have like a battle station? I'm holding air quotes up right now. Do you have like a battle station at home that makes it easy for you to get into the zone? Yeah, I mean, I just think, I just think it's comfortability. Like I have my office, I have the way my computer's set up, I have my webcam, I have my you know, whiteboards. There's just there's something about like an environment setting that I think people are more productive in certain places. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm looking around, I have, gosh, everything, everything from my, you know, the division board in front of me, I've got, oh, I don't know, all kinds of things around me that, that are, that are important. I have little, my little projections written out, uh, all kinds of neat things that actually keep me in the zone. And uh, I like the, uh, I like the Kazakowski backdrop, man. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is like selling. I, I think people don't realize like, you know, when you're in a comfortable, you, you have to be in a comfortable environment to really sell well in my, in my experience. Like, you know, if you're just traveling and you're trying to take a, a call on the, on the go and things like that, like this oh, is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. You only want to have your mind, uh, your, your mind space taken up by the person in front of you, not by anything else. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Especially if you got like important calls, like you gotta be really strategic about where you you, you know once in a lifetime calls like I, I know too many people that will just don't take them that serious like no i like i need to know like i plan ahead like i know this calls in two weeks like i don't need to know when and where i'm gonna be <laughs> <laughs> love it man so um so i want to i want to switch gears and go into a little bit about what you do and why you do it because um i, I know that you had more of a traditional job and i say traditional like you were a uh, a manager at Acton and did some amazing things there, but um, people can find you all over social media. You're, you are a brand builder and uh, you do it for yourself. You do it for others, um, but you're not just doing it, uh, you know, for, you know, to, to build up a claim or whatever. You're doing it for a reason. And can, can you share a little bit of the purpose that you, that you're doing this with? Because I feel like that what you do is something that all salespeople should learn from and, um, Man, I just, yeah, just run loose on that one. Well, I think, uh, you know, when I first started using social, I was just a salesperson. I knew nothing about marketing. And I remember the struggles of going through and just begging people for business, right? Calling <laughs> and asking something I didn't deserve out of the, interrupting somebody's day. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I just think there's some more effective ways to do that. And I made it a life's mission because everybody told me it was fluff and, you know, sale. marketing has no place in the sales realm. And I just remember like, I'm going to figure this out. So I started writing about it. 
and then I would get a result. And I'd, every time I'd get a result when I was you know, carrying a bag, which I still do, by the way, it was like I would you know, write about it and I would educate about it. And I would do that over and over and over. And I got, you know, in a lot of wars with sales leader, you know, sales authors and gurus that would attack me. And, you know, because this whole ideology was a shift. Like people didn't want to, they didn't see the change and they didn't want to accept it. And I was like, I'm going all in on this because this is the future of what I think sales looks like. And so I did that. And it's funny because now those same gurus write, you know, they write blogs about it and everybody's like a big fan of this whole like social in your sales process thing. But I was like, you know what, listen, I, 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 I don't want to train salespeople. Like it's just, you know, I've done that. I educate, I have you know, courses online people can take, but I want to like, I want to actually be the, the part of the, I want to work with brands. I want to help them actually do high growth and I want to be implementing these strategies you know, giving the strategy, but then I want to implement it. So that's what our company does. So we, we, we figure out where your gaps are and where your marketing team is a service. So we come in, we give you the strategy and we're using innovative ways to start to drive attention at scale. So we want to get you visible, valuable, connected to all the right people to drive the offline conversations. So we look at marketing as sales, sales as marketing. There's not really a difference. We're all trying to get to the same objective, a sales conversation with the right person who wants to have that conversation. And that's just, you know, so-called what I guess they call a marketing agency these days. <laughs> wow. Um, interesting enough, Jack, I don't know if you knew that I also am a branding geek, worked, um, but I wor we worked mostly in print and online media. This is, this is uh, in a lifetime ago. But um, it's so interesting that what you're, what you're doing is you're taking an active role and you're folding in. I love what you said. Um, <laughs> having the goal is to have conversations with people who want to have those conversations. I mean, there's all kinds of different strategies. I think what most people are missing right now is to understand how to socially surround people in a way that everywhere they go, you're visible, valuable, and they want to get connected with you and eventually want to have a sales conversation with you. And there's so many just different digital ways to do that that are innovative. And that's kind of what we focus on is how do we drive demand in sales conversations completely different way than everybody else. Dude, I, I love that. Well, and, and, and it's interesting because I asked the question, most, most, most places they stop at brand and, they, and it's unmeasurable, right? In the world of, uh, of oh, that's branding. Such right? Yeah, that's, that's, I'm saying that's, yeah. that's what most of them give you. They say, well, here, spend here. And then they say, well, half your marketing work. We just don't know what half. <laughs> There's I mean, never if, any if intelligence. You're world, if, you're in a, if you're in a relationship with an agency right now that can only build brand, you are wasting your money because brand is all trackable to dollars now. Yes. 100%. And I mean, you shouldn't be with an agency that can't give you that. Now, I'll tell you that there's no perfect science to it. So, you know, I'll give you an example. One of the things is we have one customer that I, I like to call, we make brands famous, right? It's kind of a joke, running joke, because we've done that. Like Gong is one of our, we've run their social media. Yeah, for, love Gong, yeah. We, we run all their social media. We've ran it for the last two and a half years. Uh, Sales Hacker, we ran their social media for two years. I mean, so these companies, like what we've done is essentially, you know, not to take anything away from them because Gong has amazing products. Sales Hacker was already pretty big, but we just, you know, we want to get attention at scale because on the back end, we can track everything that happens. And another brand that we work with is Lead IQ, and I freaking absolutely love them. But what we did is we worked with Ryan and their sales and marketing team, and we just said, listen, you guys have a ton of wisdom. You've got a great product. Let's just get everybody talking about you. And what essentially has happened is their salespeople came and they said, how are we tracking all this? And we go, well, you know, at this point we're kind of early, but what's happening on the sales calls and the salespeople said, 
every time we get on the call, somebody says, oh my God, I've watched Ryan's video. I've, I've heard of you guys, I see you guys everywhere. So we actually have a tab inside of their LinkedIn or their Salesforce now where we're using that to try to track the, the attention, the ROI of attention, right? If you got on a sales call and somebody already knew who you were and they were, it made it a lot easier for them to want to have a conversation, you check a box, right? So there's a way to do attribution now um, and you got to get kind of creative about it in some aspects, but you know, from a paid perspective, all that stuff is trackable. I mean, you could track it down to the dollar if you spent X amount of dollars, how much demand did it create? I love that. Jack, and, and, and you know, my takeaway is that in, in everything, we should always be looking towards technology. Does it, can it make our life better, easier? Can it make us, and uh, in, in, I love visible, valuable, and connected. Can you, can you define those three? I know that's like, that's like your mantra. Can you define those three and what that would mean to, let's just say, uh, a sales professional or a business owner. What does that mean, visible, valuable, and connected? Well, I kind of I hate the whole term of funnel, right, from a marketing perspective and sales perspective, because I'm like, nobody goes in a funnel. Like, we don't buy in a funnel. <laughs> you know, like, no, no like, you don't, I didn't just buy in a funnel. It's absolutely impossible with the way that we sell and market today. So I've always said, like, okay, let's think about this in a more simple terminology, right? You know, are you visible six months before they know you're ready to buy, they're ready to buy, right? Do they, do they know who you are? Are you valuable? Are you to the point where people are like, you, they're watching you on a consistent basis, they're reading about you on a consistent basis from a brand and leadership perspective. And then the third part is like, over time, after you've gotten visible, you've gotten valuable, have you gotten connected, right? Now in the, in the valuable part is that's engagement, sharing, advocacy, um, you know, retargeting people because they're watching your videos with another video and kind of getting them more attuned from a credibility perspective where they're like, holy crap, I love the wisdom that comes out of this guy's mouth. Using Ryan, for example. Ryan from Lead IQ, their VP of marketing is phenomenal. The guy is full of wisdom. Like he just, when it comes to prospecting, cold email prospecting, I don't think there's anybody better. The problem is if he doesn't, if he doesn't do videos, if he doesn't do them in the way that he does them, how does anybody know how amazing he is, right? Because part of their technology, their technology is awesome, by the way, Lead IQ, if you don't use it, it's free to try it, but we use it internally. How do, but how do we make something that there's so many different tools like that out there? How do we make it that much sexier, that much more valuable than all the rest of them? Well, it's wisdom because they give you really good strategy behind their tool because everybody could buy a, a lead prospecting you know, tool to, to gather their data. But how many companies are consistently making you better on how to actually do that effectively to get a sales conversation? Because the data doesn't get your sales conversation. The strategy behind how you use that data does. Well, they're using that as the key driver of attention. Now, their salespeople are having the easiest time talking to people because everybody already knows who they are and they're excited to talk to them because they've, are, they've got so much to talk about from all the videos they've watched. Well, that's the new way of marketing and sales. Man, Jack, I, I love that. And, and listen, as you guys are out there listening, uh, and, and Jack, some people are probably scratching their head and, and, and um, uh, first off, I want to hear who are the who are the kinds of people and companies that need to be giving you a call, and then um, maybe what kind of things can you can you speak to? I know that there are some tips. I'll leave um, some uh, a link to an article you wrote on some social media tips and hacks that some people that you know on a on a who are maybe one man armies. Some things that they should be using. But um, so who 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 do you need to be connected with, or who needs to be connected with you rather? And, um, and then what, what about the smaller guy, the one man army? Can you, 
dig into that a little bit for me? Yeah, the one more, one man army. I mean, um, at the end of the day, I always tell people like, if you want to grow and you're stuck, find a mentor. I don't do coaching, um, you know, personally, but there's a lot of people that do. If you want to reach out to me, I can give you a few names, but you can go to skillslab.io. That's a, that's our company's site, uh, lead generation site. It's kind of where we put all of our training courses. There's a lot on there for free, tons of innovative blog posts and content on how to do things actionable because that's what I believe in. So I think, you know, if you're a one man shop, just read, go, go find good sources. Start with skills lab. I'll tell you that right now. Skillslab.io. It's a great place. But there's so many other ones. Just connect with me and the people that we serve from a, a business perspective, our agency is we're looking at, you know, high growth, early stage startups that have a little bit of momentum and mid market. We don't really do too much enterprise in the U S we do that all in the UK, but you know, if that's something you're interested in SaaS technology, that's a really heavy space. And we're really, really good with uh, paid ads too. So if you're looking for somebody with that strategy, that's where we could really, really help excel you fast. Man, I, I, lo- I love it. Jack, tell me, like, um, <laughs> we're rounding up here, but um, what, what are your plans next? How are you, what, what, what's the next phase of you conquering the world? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty heavy equity owner in the, the creation agency. So you know, this will be in the next five to 10 years minimum. I'll be here just growing this thing. I think my thing is I really want to have, you know, a resume of, of fast growth um, using kind of the methodologies that we believe in from a digital perspective to equate to revenue. So some of the brands we've worked with, you know, in the last two years, like seen some amazing things happen, but you know, in the next 10 years, I'd love to see like, you know, a few unicorns come out of here. Phenomenal, man. Well, thank you so much for, for just sharing just the, the wisdom of what it's like to um, not just sell from home, but to run a, run a full team uh, from home and from multiple locations and some of the, some of the headaches and triumphs that, that, uh, that go along with that. Um, man, Jack, how, how can people connect with you? You're, you are visible and valuable everywhere. How can people get connected with you? Um, anywhere. I mean, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, you know, I'm, I think one of the things that you, you look at is you look at all these gurus that talk about social media, but I always say this, before you take them as a guru, go look at their social channels and, and see what they're doing. <laughs> Amen. Know? Yes. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be sold on the idea that somebody can tell you how to social and, and be really good at it without practicing it. Just to me, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I've never seen any proof in the pudding that that is even true. Um, but I'll tell you, take a look at, you know, my social profiles. And if you want, you want to know where to get started, I would say model people, go find people that you really inspire you in business in your industry or outside of your industry, kind of watch what they're doing and then make it your own, you know, start, start thinking about how you can get some incremental wins, some small wins using social and a consistent way, you know, start a podcast right away, right? Just do a mini podcast doesn't cost any money it takes barely any time go hire somebody from upwork to do your creative for five bucks an hour start really really small but you got to really think about what other people are doing what you think you actually have fun doing from a digital perspective that could actually drive you more sales conversations and start doing one of those things and let those things scale because once you see once you start to see results from you know let's say just a mini podcast it'll fire you up to start getting more active on other things and making videos and doing this and that but it takes that one little thing 
to get you that spark. Man, I, I got to tell you, Jack, one of my favorite things about you is you're, you're not uh, a guy that says either or. You're not binary, uh, that you have either option A or option B. Really, you're an and kind of guy, right? Do this and this and that. And, um, you know, the one thing that I would say, by the way, if anyone needs a, um, a coach in leadership or, or sales, I, I know a pretty good one. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but in regards to uh, just going out there and, and getting it done, we've, we've really got to be able to figure out what our zone is, what our lane is, what we like, and uh, what gives us the feels. And then, and then get, the, get the advice from a, from a professional like Jack or, you know, someone that's, uh, you know, you can get that for free just through modeling. But, um, you know, bounce it off of someone. And then once you find that one or two or three things, run with it. You don't have to do a thousand, you know, things that are out there. You're probably going to be watered down. You're going to die. But, yeah, uh, you know, build, build a blueprint of what the next 30, uh, three months of your social strategy looks like to help you build, you know, X amount more sales conversations. But I think one, one of the key points that you pointed out is, I think this is where most people are. If you're feeling like you're stuck, you can't grow, in my opinion, most people are stuck and they don't grow because they can't figure it out on their own and they keep trying to figure it out on their own. There is nothing more valuable than going out and finding a mentor, whether that's paid, a paid coach, or you know somebody that will just give you their time that you respect that's where you want to be. Nobody take, Very few people take advantage of that. And I'll tell you, if, if you take anything away from what I'm going to say today is if you're stuck, you need to go get somebody else to teach you how to get unstuck. Too many people are trying to figure it out on their own for way too long, and that's why they're either going out of business or they're just stressed out all the time. You know, go pay, spend the money, invest in the courses, go find something to help you get unstuck, because that's what people—the world of the internet is today. Like, there's just people that are where you want to be. Go make friends with them and let them help you build a blueprint to get to where you want to be. Jack, I I think you actually just actually hit on what could be a tar pit you know, in, in working from home, you know, that, um, that when you're there, you can be individual, right? You're, you're like, you can, you can be so, um, you know, just kind of in your own corner and you may not even see the light through the forest, right? You're, you're just, you're just, you're in your own, you're in your own way. And, yep. um, you know, just like, we're all on a journey and all of us need help getting to where we're going. And if, if we can, just humble ourselves and reach out whether, you know, definitely find someone that you respect. Don't, don't go to a, an overweight person and ask them how to, you know, how to lose weight. And don't go to someone who knows nothing about social and ask them how, you know, like if, if this is a good strategy. Um, exactly. you know, find the experts. I mean, I, I lo- that is some sage advice there. Final question, man. And I'm, I'm going to be, be, I would be robbing our audience if I didn't ask. You hit, you hit on something. You said have a social strategy three months out. If you, were, if you were to talk to someone about, and I know that there's probably a thousand different ways you can go with this, so it's probably, but if you were to generically say, hey, like having a social strategy and building that for the next three months, like what, what does that look like for Jack or, or for someone that Jack might talk to? You know, it all just depends on, you know, what's your, what's your bandwidth, what's your resources. But I think you got to think about something that'll keep you consistently in front of people and valuable on a weekly basis. So what type of content are you putting out and who are you incorporating in that content? So I think a lot of people is like, they think, oh, well, I'm gonna do a podcast. I'm just gonna talk to myself about myself. I'm gonna talk to people like, no, 
who are you going to incorporate that? How are you going to use that for prospecting, right? We've got a target market. Great. Start a podcast and bring on the industry leaders that could potentially be your, your clients. Now do that with the right motive, but you know, just reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm working on doing a podcast. I've got an email list of X amount that I hit. You know, I would love to hear your story. I want you to tell your story and give actionable advice to my audience because they could really take something away from that. And, and say to yourself, over the next three, three months, this is what your blueprint could look like. I'm going to interview 10 people in, the, in two weeks and I'm going to have you know, two months worth of content ready to go. And my blueprint is to make sure that I have, I'm always a month ahead on podcasts and I release one every Tuesday at 9 a.m. I have all the correct creative. I go hire somebody that if you, know, if you don't have the time, the bandwidth, I go hire somebody to outsource for minimal money, Upwork, great place to set this up through Libsyn, to get me the creative and maybe even to run the social just to automate some of the posts and so forth. But then I'm going to spend the time to actually engage with those people that listen to my podcast, they download it, they comment. And I'm going to use that as a driver two ways. One is I'm going to drive a potential prospect and sales conversation by the guests that I bring on. And number two, I'm going to drive potential new business because I'm going to engage with everybody and I'm going to start to use that content as the driver of value that will create conversation. So that one little thing could take you five weeks, five hours a month if you did it correctly. And it could drive you 10 sales conversations, but you need to have a blueprint and you need to be consistent and know what the next three months looks like so that you have all those pieces in place and you actually stay consistent. Because most people get excited for about a week and they let everything goes out the door. Oh, Build brother. And stick with it. Consistency wins. And Jack, I think I'm gonna, I want to hide this podcast and we're going to charge people because what you just gave is some advice that, that like, that's, that's worth some money right there, man. I mean, <laughs> like if, if people will, if people would just follow that thing, it's interesting. Um, the other podcast you were part of the sales heroes podcast, I was just, I was, I was doing it just to find, honestly, finding my own voice. And, um, and now I'm actually refiring it back up because I did find that it was a phenomenal prospecting tool that I could say, Hey, would you like, you know, you're, you're, you know, I, it's very flattering to someone to invite them onto a podcast. And, uh, and after they spend an hour with you they're they're if you're a decent person, they're going to like you. And if you connect in beliefs and other things like that, um, for me, like the next level was like, Hey, bring me in for a workshop with your team. And uh, I can't tell you, there were several times that that worked. And, um, you know, and, and I, and by worked, I just mean that it connected me. With Naturally. Right. It's like organically, like it just worked because the thing is like, we love the law of reciprocation. So if you, yes. play the two law, if you play the two laws in sales that always work every time, one is if you let somebody talk about themselves, you win. Right. <laughs> yes. Think about a podcast. It's like it's the best way to have a sales conversation. That's why podcasters are usually pretty good at sales. Right because they understand how to ask a question and shut the hell up, <laughs> you know? Um, and the, the, that's their role. So you know, <laughs> it has like, helped. Yes. It's it changed and, things. And so like, if you think about it, like, you know, get, be strategic. Like the other thing is like, you can build um, another way to, to get mentors, right? Is you start a podcast and you bring on people that are, I, I hate the word influencer, absolute terrible word, but let's just say people that are influential in the way that you think they can help. Sure. You, when you read something that they write or- You identify, they're your DNA, you're, right? Yeah. And you think, okay, well, and, and they're where I wanna be, right? Well, they're uh -huh. where I wanna be. Okay, great, well, that's fine. Because the thing is, if you ask them for free coaching, hey, can I get 10 minutes of your time just to pick your brain, right? You're gonna lose. Yep. But, but if you go, hey, listen, 
I would love to have you on my podcast. Do you have 30 minutes in the next two months? Like, here's a link. I'm going to push this out. I'm going to do some paid ads to it. I've got X amount of email list. It's like, great. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come on. And you know what? You, you get to start the, what I like to call the value versus ask relationship. You're going to bring them on, you get them a bunch of exposure. And the thing is, if you, if you are any type of just a normal human being that's likable, next thing you know, you can, you know, get advice from them, right? They're not going to care because you've given something before you've asked. So you got to use strategically build that blueprint around how do you use digital to build the relationships and get the conversations with the people that can get you to where you want to be eventually. But you know, in the meantime, there's no short term gains in anything. There's no shortcut. So you've got to be really careful about your motivation. Amen. Amen. Well, dude, that like, uh, I mean, you totally saved the best for last on this one. Thank you for doing that, Jack. This is good stuff. And, um, you know, I would just, I would encourage everyone that's out there just to, to know your gifts, know your talents, uh, understand that your talents are not limited to a zip code. And, um, if you can sell anywhere, you can sell everywhere. This is, uh, this has been your host, Donnie Tuttle, the sell anywhere, uh, sales coach with Southwestern consulting. And also, the rock star, the freaking, uh, the mogul, Jack <laughs> Kozakowski, uh, just breaking it down for you and for me. And uh, Jack, thanks so much for, for being with us today, man. All right. Thanks for having me, Donnie. It was great being on here. Thank you, my friend, for joining us on the Sell Anywhere podcast, where if you can sell anywhere, you can sell everywhere. And your talent is not limited to your zip code. I want to tell you right now, just go into the show notes or go to thesalesclassroom.com and you're going to find more. You're going to get that free home selling survival kit that we told you about as well as other ways to interact directly with me, your host, Donnie Tuttle. And if you just want to drop me a line, tell me that you like something or suggest someone for the show, find me on donnytuttle.com or go to my LinkedIn. I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. So great hanging with you and we will catch you on the flip side.